Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome along to the VMTV Rugby Pod. Matt and Al here with me as usual. Al, firstly, let's touch yesterday on Ireland. That bonus point win in Rome. What did you make of it? Struggled at times, but it got over the line. Yeah, some struggles and issues and obviously a little bit of cohesion. Um, not as good as we've probably seen previously in the first uh, couple of games. But um, we always knew Italy were going to be um, a strong tough proposition um their confidence at home uh, the opportunity playing the number one ranked team in the world all that kind of stuff it was uh you know it was a massive test for them and i think uh, they, they you know we obviously had sebastian negri on on the podcast last week and i spoke about emotion and getting that balance right about not just all guts and uh, you know uh, work rate and passion and all that stuff they're now a team who can attack really well. They know what they're doing. Garbisi made a big difference for them. From an Irish point of view, I think they'll look back at certain parts of the game. Yes, that they were a little bit inaccurate and they could have been better. I think defensively probably was the big um, concern when they look back at it. Um, over 20 missed tackles, I think, was it's a high number. I think it was 20, 23 or 4 missed tackles mm -hmm. in total. Um so I think, look, you're always going to get some missed tackles, a bit of evasion, guys stepping people, and Ireland's missed tackle count against France was fairly high as well, but they had some brilliant scramble defence. Um, but I think there was some concerns yesterday. I think the Bruno try just before half time gives Italy a real kind of boost. At 24-10, I think uh, one more score for Ireland and it could be a comfortable victory. But that, that try gave Italy a real kind of surge of energy and a boost. Um, defensively, they were brilliant. I thought Ireland were probably, probably needed to go up the guts a little bit more in a sense that they were still trying to stick to, you know, moving the ball and putting a bit of width. But the Italians just fanned out really well. They didn't get caught in tight. And some of the impact tackles, um, they caused problems for Ireland. And Ireland struggled a little bit. So... In a way, it's a good test for Ireland and it was a good challenge for them that they can analyse this and look at the bigger picture again. That, you know, if they get stopped and sourced and they're not getting continuously over gain lines, um, how do they play? Um, I thought we probably could have kicked a little bit more and kicked tactically better, um, particularly in that second half at times. But, you know, they backed themselves to keep going and, and in the end, um, Mac Han until Mac Hansen scores the try, I think... It's a uh, it's it's a nervous time for Ireland, and um, obviously when that try goes in, I think they can they can uh, they can breathe a little bit. 
Matt, you know, with 15 minutes to go, the game's very much in the balance. And if we look at the Italy attack, it's very impressive. They caused Ireland some serious problems, particularly out behind and even through the middle. They did, Stu. I think there's two parts to that. One, we've got to give Italy a lot of credit. Uh, we, we've all moaned and complained for a decade and how poor they were. And this Italy team's really taken some giant steps forward and, and full credit to them. They looked with the ball in hand. As Adam said, they, they uh, attacked much better. And tactically, they attacked at the outside centre position because Gary Ringrose was the late withdrawal. Bundy, um, I thought Bundy had a fantastic game, but he, he just shows how difficult a position outside centre is to defend because the relationship between Bundy and Lowe was a problem in defence yesterday. And the Italians target there, if you think the first try led up to, to Varney scoring that try, that was the break. There were other breaks around there. And, and I'm not criticising Bruni because, as I said, I thought he had a good game, but it is just so difficult to just step into the role of the 13 and get it right when the opposition is targeting you in, around that area. I thought James Lowe was a little bit, uh, how do I say, he lost his connection with Bundy, and I think he needed to take a little bit more responsibility in that, in that relationship. But again, I think the the Italians attack really well. I think there was a time when when uh, Brex, we were just talking it before we, we came on air. Uh, it was uh, uh, was it was it twenty four twenty? We think it was Brex twenty seven twenty seven twenty on sixty eight minutes match. Yeah, that was Sorry, the time twenty seven twenty seven twenty. You did right, Alan. And uh, Brex did the crossfield kick, and it didn't work out. But they had numbers. If he had to put the ball through the hands there. Now, there's no guarantee Italy was well, there's no guarantee that Ireland wouldn't have made the tackles, but they had a great opportunity. I think Italy had a number of opportunities they left out there, and so did Ireland. But I think this is the new normal. We've got to get used to, to playing Italy that it's no longer going to be the 50 nils. They've got a good generation of players. They've got a belief in the coach. They're playing much better rugby. And also, we also have to acknowledge that Ireland had a lot of players out. So a whole back line, three-quarter line, nine to 13. Uh, they were, they, they're not their starting team. There are other guys getting opportunities, and I thought they played competently. And obviously, uh, we, I think we really missed Todd Byrne at the breakdown, where he's, he's been so fantastic there. And then to lose Finlay Burlam and have Tom O'Toole come on, all I thought, was again, was competent. These are long-term pluses. But when you lose any players, Andrew Trimble made the point during the telecast yesterday, when you lose that many players, there's a critical point. And I, I thought they'd lost a little bit of cohesion. But they stuck to their plan, they stuck to their philosophy, they stuck to their belief, and they came away with it. And let's also remember James Lowe should have scored an extra try and so should have Bundy. They both dropped the ball either line. I thought it was a great game. There's the other part. It was entertaining, it was exciting, ball in hand. It was a really good game. Compared to the Wales-England game, it was a standard above, just as Ireland-France was a standard above the other fixtures, the other round. I thought it was a really good game. Alan, just picking up from what Matt was saying there, who do you feel were the winners and losers yesterday? And that Ireland team, you know, guys got their chances, Craig Casey, Ross Byrne, Jack Conan, other players as well. Who did you feel, you know, were competent and who maybe, suppose, took a step back or maybe just didn't quite get it right in the day? Um, I don't think there was any, and it was probably difficult to pick any sort of star performers as, as regards. I think the players themselves would probably uh, admit that. Um, 
the the standard and the and and the quality of Italy and the pressure they put them under obviously had a big bearing on that. Um, Craig Casey, I thought, was 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 very good in his passing. Um, showed a lot of, you know, what we know what he brings that tempo that that zip delivery is really good. Um, Rossborn, you know, competent. I think um, under a lot of pressure. I think it was a scrappy kind of. Uh, performance from his forward pack at times and the delivery at times wasn't as good as their normal but i think matt matt has made a great point when you have a nine a 10 a 12 and a 13 who are all very very good players but haven't played together that often um it does affect the balance a little bit um matt hansen was good he got the the player in the match i thought ryan baird coming off the bench um brought a real energy and and uh i think he'll come into the conversation and possibly uh, pushing for a starting position um someone like ian henderson and and jack conan who we spoke about very experienced players didn't do anything wrong i think you know it wasn't as if they anyone had bad games but i just think they they probably would have hoped for for more involvements um you know they were working their socks off all the players ronan keller was a really 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 good game for me i thought it's great to see him back um you know being involved in so much i think he could have got three or four penalties for for latching onto balls at, at different stages that he wasn't rewarded with so um no big winners i don't think um but i think the collective at this stage is very strong and i think um one of the one of the things i you know you would associate with this group at the moment is strong character even though at 27-20, it's nervy. Um, at 24-20, Ireland kick a penalty on 64 minutes. Uh, correct decision. Rossborn kicks the penalty. Um, I thought the players were working their socks off. I've been there before when you're in, in those games. And they're, you know, you know, sometimes the harder you try, the, the trickier it becomes. And some mistakes happen. And and uh, as, as I said, the opposition were just grown. You see the reactions. Um when they were defending their line and they turned Ireland over and that Bundy doesn't get to try and they're jumping around the place, the passion that they're showing. So it's a really tough one. I thought they were actually quite composed Ireland in the end, which, which impressed me. And uh, there was a few hairy minutes there for sure. And, and nervous minutes, but um, collectively they showed a lot of character and um, you know, they'll, they'll look back and they'll learn a lot from this. I think. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Matt, uh, Alan touched on it there. 
just the winners and losers. But if we go back to the injuries, you know, we go to World Cups, these things happen, right? So say you touched on it and said, you know, there were six, maybe first team starters there. Do you feel that team yesterday, if that happens in a World Cup, they're good enough to win a quarterfinal? Oh, I think that, uh, you know, on that performance, they'd struggle against, let's say, France or South Africa or New Zealand for sure. But you, you would you would certainly hope that I think the team has learned some things about this campaign. Um, I think it's becoming clear that what happened in Portugal has led to some of the soft tissue injuries. So the load they, they put the players under in Portugal seems to have been too much. There's, you know, Robbie Carney was telling me last, yesterday we were talking about about soft tissue. And soft tissue means muscle. And we've got a lot of hamstring and calf injuries. Is the load, your age, past history, and the surface you're training on. I think they're going to have to really look at on, do they train on the 4G pitch and then move to grass? Do they stay on grass? Is, is their load they did in Portugal impacting on the injuries? I, I, I'm not criticising them in any way i'm just because i've got great respect for jason cowman he's one of the best in the world the, 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 he's in charge of, of uh, the strength and conditioning of of the and the of the irish national side and he's a genius i just think this is a great learning curve for them but if we look short term coming back furlong should be back henshaw uh, uh, should be back Ringrose should be back and sexton should be back now that that is a, a substantial um uh, improvement to that team and it's without criticizing the other guys now let's look ahead will those guys will Ross Byrne and Casey McCluskey and even Bundy playing 13 will they be better for that absolutely I agree with um with with Quinny I think Ryan Baird is really going to push for a start I think you you have to put Kalen Doris back to number eight he's the best not one of the best number eights in the world and he was not missing from the game yesterday, but he wasn't impactful as he has been when he's number eight. So therefore, that that solves your problem of who's at eight. Now, now, what do you do about six? Do you put Ryan Baird there? Is Peter Armani producing enough to stay there? These are all great problems for the coaching staff. Great problems. So, so I think there was a lot of a lot of pluses coming out of yesterday. If Matt, you Matt if, I, if 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 I could say starters in a quarter final, Matt, if I could just ask you because. Um... Obviously, if I say it, it'll be I'll be told it's uh, I'm being biased towards Monster. But I probably said it here two weeks ago that if Gary Ringrose is out of the team, it's a concern, it's a worry. There's no like for like. But actually, in fact, there is. Uh, Anton Frisch is someone I think this could potentially open the door as regards him being an outside centre option. Um, because I think that he has incredible gas he's he's shown brilliant ability in his in his performance for monster do you think am i thinking rightly or wrongly that he is a similar profile player to gary ringrose and it, it is the hardest place in the field to defend it's a nightmare position bundiaki actually had a brilliant game yesterday but it's so difficult to defend that 13 channel and possibly the balance of that defense um it makes it more difficult with James Lowe and giving him confidence as well. I, I, Alan, I think you're spot on. I think they've learned. So the four centres, I think they were going to the World Cup with were Ring Rose, Henshaw, uh, uh, Bundy and um, uh, McCluskey. Now, 
all of them are specialist twirls, uh, except for Gary. So what happens if Gary's out? I think I think they've got to look at someone like Fish. I think he's a great prospect. The difficulty they have is they're a long way down the path of having those four. Now remembering, let's let's just remember here that Henshaw is a better thir- Henshaw is a great twelve, but he's a better thirteen than Bundy is a thirteen. Robbie's had a lot more experience playing thirteen than Bundy has, so I don't think he's out of the picture. And I, I but I do I'll say this, Quinny, he is the future. He is the future. I think he's a, a fantastic prospect. Whether they can get him in in the time remaining for them, I think that's the dilemma for the coaches. Uh, he he would have to be in a squad pretty pretty quick, pretty quick for it. Or if there's an injury, he would do it. But the, and Alan, what what I think we need to get across to everyone is this, the need and and the need for for picking specialist thirteens. This is what the Lions did so badly in leaving Ring Rose out uh, when they went to South Africa. I couldn't believe they didn't pick a specialist 13. And they paid the price. You must have someone. So, so just so everyone knows, what makes it so hard is exactly what we saw yesterday. The ball is inside you. The ball's coming from a scrum over this side or a line out. But there are three players outside you. And you've got to wait till the ball passes you before you make those decisions. Sometimes if you've got a good 12 inside you, you can go early. But then you've got to make the decision, who do I go to? Do I jam in and try and shut it off? Do I sit back and slide? And let me tell you, it's very easy on a whiteboard with X's and O's to draw it out. But you know, people like O'Driscoll and, uh, and Ringrose make it look easy. And we saw Bundy, who is a fantastic player and I have huge respect for, struggle with it a, a number of times yesterday because it just is so difficult. So we need someone like that, that is a has all those skills in the background to be ready to come in. And, and I agree with you completely, except it might be a little bit, they might be too far down the track at the moment to bring him in. But that, again, what a, what a great problem for the selectors to have. Yeah, it is a good problem. And I think you've just highlighted the obvious to say, Matt, how important Gary Ringrose is to this well, team. We, and, to the and Stuart, Stuart, we can't forget James Hume as well. You yeah. know, he's been in there and he's uh, he's he's a brilliant player. He was unfortunate to get that that injury in, in New Zealand. Um, but as you say, Matt, there's a lot, there's a couple of options. He just comes to mind fresh when I see him playing that evasion. Yeah. James Hume, Hume is a brilliant player as well. But I think it's a good we're, for us even talking about this, it's a sign that there is options there. There is players, but you know, six, seven yeah. months out from the World Cup. Um, I think he's learning a lot about his players and he has been for the last year or two as well, Andy Farrell. But character-wise, they were tested yesterday as well. The last one on um, Ireland, Alan, just before we move to Wales, England. Just going into Scotland, Matt talked about the guys that will come back. If you do get Furlong, Saxon back in, a few others. It's, it is a, such a big boost for them as well. Like The confidence will still be sky high to go there and get a victory. Yeah, I think so. I think they would have been very pleased. Um, I thought um, I'd be more definitely glass half full from yesterday because I know what it's like. It's it's it's, and I expected this. It's not even that I know what it's like. We both spoke about this Matt last week, and we weren't patronising towards Italy. I expected this to be a close game. Matt even said a one score victory is a good victory. Um, I think to get the bonus point and and win by a couple of two scores or whatever. Uh, win by 14 points is, is a good return. You're always going to be critical of what what um, certain parts of your game, and I think Ireland could have been better. But there was times where they, they just 
couldn't get the ball back off Italy and their ambition and their skill set so much better. They've so much variety to their game. And, you know, we mentioned their back row. Canoni was outstanding. Negri, uh, Lamaro, the tackles these guys were putting in. Rutza and Canoni in the second row as well. Even their front row, the work rate. You know, Irish players getting smashed on the gain line and Italian guys getting back up, getting reorganised again. So it's quite difficult. And I think that's the big improvements. And for Ireland, they take a lot out of the game. I think they can learn. Um, Scotland, you know, each... You know, I was involved in the squad in 2009 for that Grand Slam. And it's it's sometimes it's boring. We hear players saying, it. well, we're not looking past the next game. We've got to focus in here and take it step by step. And it is the Six Nations is like that. If you're if you're kind of trying to build momentum, um, Scotland is going to be a tough prospect. There's no doubt that that's going to be no matter what happens between Scotland and France. Scotland are going to really fancy their chances, and Ireland are a big scalp now for for all these teams. So, um, if you get players back of the caliber of Gibson Park and Furlong, Henshaw, Ringrose. Um, it's it's phenomenal. It's phenomenal for Ireland, and I think if they can have, you know, Tyburn is a loss to the team. Uh, he's so many involvements, but if they can get five, four or five of these these top quality players back in for the run in, not just Scotland but Scotland and England, I think it'll give them a a huge a huge uh, boost. They've won three games. They've got maximum points. Um, is there little holes to pick? disappointments and things they could be better at of course but they're building nicely and I thought I think they'll be in good shape going to Murrayfield Yeah they will Matt if we touch on the next uh, second game of the afternoon yesterday if you want to that is England I, I, I'm, I'm going to sign off here now because I'm, I'm worn Not out really. that yesterday yeah. yeah, I leave it up to you Matt there <laughs> Matt Alan was there so we won't ask him he's no, already really, yeah, okay. no, I'll do the yeah. heavy bit but uh, England get over the line, Matt. Yeah, but like, Wales, Wales Wales Sorry, great. well, it's, it's just to finish off on the island, going to the you know, 20,000 Irish traveled and uh, they saw some real entertainment. Uh, two teams really going out, positive attitude at the wonderful Millennium Stadium in Cardiff. We saw the exact opposite, the mindset of both sets of teams, I, I, I can't describe it. You know, like England showed in their first try, they are capable of playing really good rugby. Like they do a, a strike play from a scrum that is brilliantly thought out, brilliantly executed. They make, they go, they just slice Wales apart. There's, there's a tackle five metres out, a very good tackle. Hands, 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 really great hands. Don Brown throws a cut pass to Watson. Fantastic try. We don't see any sort of sparkling rugby for another hour. The, the kicking was just mindless. It, it, it's just England just got ahead and said, well, we've got to get ahead. We don't care. We don't want to play. And Wales had no, again, the third time in the row, I can't see any structure about what they're doing. I, I thought I'll try to... Uh, he was there were 10 came bigger uh, was on the bench tried his heart out it just didn't seem any system and now 
Alan, and you said that you thought were quite unfair. But you go go on because you were at, we were in the couldn't see the we we're in the studio and couldn't see the whole the whole big picture. But uh, like Ireland uh, will uh, sorry, it'll be Wales unless uh, without doubt now unless there's some huge change, and England have to accelerate what they're doing before the World Cup. It'll be it'll all be too late for them. They can't say, "Oh, we're going to." Layer cake this let's go and be like you know give give me something that has a, a skerrick of reality about it if you think performances like that are going to get you a world cup or beat island at the aviva you, you know you, you not only you believe in santa claus you believe in tinker but toothberry it's not going to happen you know it's just not going to happen it, it was a it was a tough game it must have been tough for alan the call it was a tough game to watch because it, it, it wasn't entertaining think it was difficult. very difficult. Alan, do you agree with Matt there? Are you as damning on that game as he was yeah. there? Did yeah, you see I, any structure at all from Wales? Um yeah I thought I saw intent at times in the first half, but they reverted a tie, played two phases and and kicked the ball up in the air. I think uh how slow their breakdown was really concerning. Forty one percent of their breakdowns or three to six seconds. So if you're trying to attack the opposition, um, it's it's really really difficult. Um, you know, we see. I think we highlighted that situation for Ireland in the first uh, two games that their possession was, you know, their speed. the The percentage of zero to three second rocks was up in the sixties. So Wales are down at the bottom end of the forties here, and. Uh, that makes it so difficult to to try and uh, you know play rugby and play attacking rugby. England are a strong physical side, and and to be fair, their back row of Dombrant and you know Jack Willis and, and Ludlow are very powerful players. Ollie Chesham, fit, big work rate, Atoje. So that that kind of back five of the scrum, they're very athletic players, and I think they stopped a lot and broke down a lot of what Wales were trying to do and. They just look, look, I think for Alex King, the attack coach, he's, he's, he hasn't had a lot of time with these players. We had nine changes in the team yesterday for Wales. Um, England only had one. They looked a little bit more cohesive, but I do think both sides' mentality was to not make mistakes and kick a hell of a lot. England kicked it 38 times from hand, out of hand, and, and Wales 34. I know the kicking stats were high for Ireland, France, and so sometimes that can hide it. But the evidence here is it was a it was a really poor game, and both sides just kept kicking the ball away. So um, they obviously have some work to do, and they're trying to rebuild. I do believe that um, it'll take a little bit of time, but it was a it was a dull affair. It was a really flat match, and you know when you go to the Principality Stadium, you expect that crowd to be on your on your back for eighty minutes, and I know everything that's gone on behind the scenes in Welsh rugby and off the field is has affected has it affected the situation. But you know, for Warren Gatland to come back and lose his first three games here, and the only positive I think is, um, and it's difficult. We have to acknowledge it's difficult because um, he's he's openly said that there hasn't been enough young players blooded in the last couple of years. Wayne Pivak had a little sly dig back saying that. He, he brought a couple of guys through and he name-checked them yesterday. Um, 
there's two centres playing, Hawkins and, and Grady. They're 20-year-olds. Um, Jenkins off the bench is 20. Uh, Chunza is 21. Um, you know, Jack Morgan is a young player. Rafael is a young player. So they have some good young players that, uh, you know, Reese Samet coming back into the team, he's a star. He's just a star player. Um, but it was, a, it was a really poor game. And I think that was epitomised by the game plan of both sides. Matt, a last one on this game. You've touched on England coming to Dublin in round five. You clearly don't think their attack is good enough. But they do, you know, the players are still there. What do you think? Farrell, you know, Ollie Lawrence, Henry Slade. They're good players. Freddie Stewart at the back. They still, yeah. surely yeah. they can still cause Ireland problems. Like between now and then, if they do get well, the attack right. They, they can, Stu. And the other thing they're doing is... They're making scrummage in time a mess the other day. They're, the prop speed, if you watch on the engagement, prop speed are so far back that they're either uh, they're either hitting and really engaging strongly or collapsing. And the referees, uh, I think, have got it wrong the last two games and kept penalising wise. You can see Ken Owens almost pleading with the referee to say, look, that's not right. And I, I agree with Owens. So they're getting penalties from scrums, kicking the touch, doing their mauls, but you and it's this true. This is what frustrates me about both South Africa and England. They've got quality players. There's no two ways about they've got quality players, and and they can attack. And their first try showed that. It's just that they, they seem to lack the the uh, the same mindset as Ireland or France, where they just as, as Alan alluded to. Even with all those players out yesterday, Ireland didn't re resort to let scrummage penalty, kick for corner, more. They had malls, like every team has malls. They really had malls. But they were still a really positive mindset. You know, you think of the the, the the tries and James Lowe's drop ball over the line, Bundy's drop ball over the line. There were seven or eight really great attacking raids from Ireland, as they were from Italy. Uh, England had two. One in the last try in the last minute. And you can hardly say that was a raid. It was pick and go, pick and go, hand-to-hand -hand combat, and then Slade did what Slade does well, just made a siding run, two hands, and scored a try. But their first try was magnificent. Now, they've got it in them, but we've just got no evidence to say they're going to bring that out. And th this is the other part. What have England got? England have got a really rushing defence. They were offside again yesterday. I thought for many, many occasions the referees missed them. What is killing rushing defence and why the game is changing? If you get fast tempo ball at ruck time, it stuffs completely rushing defence. They can't get there in numbers fast enough. They'll come out of line. That creates a dog leg and they attack around that that hole. So Ireland, uh, uh, New Zealand, France, Australia to a less degree, Scotland to a less degree because both Australia and Scotland have less talent than the other three, have worked out if you can get high tempo rugby, it destroys rushing defences eventually. So what do England want? England want to slow it down Get get their big their big uh, tanks in the middle coming up fast, hitting your first runners, and slowing your ruck down. Now Ireland have proved against France and South Africa that they are capable of dealing with that, and I don't believe that England are in the same calibre as France and South Africa. So I, I think that there's a lot of work to do before this English side can come to the Aviva and say they are really going to challenge. Doesn't mean they won't. It's not an opportunity. There is an opportunity for them because it's the Six Nations. We know that. But uh, on the evidence, and that's what we've got to go on, not what I reckon, it's what the evidence, the evidence suggests they're a long, long way off that. 
and that pace and tempo that Ireland will bring to the game means that uh, the English won't, won't live with that for 80 minutes. There'll be a lot of periods of that game where Ireland will just have too much, uh, too many players around, too much talent and too much pace, and they'll find holes in that defensive line, which is great. Well, Martin Allen, thanks for your time as always. Interesting thoughts, and we'll catch up again before Ireland go to Scotland in Edinburgh in round four. Cheers. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Stuart. Thanks, Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.